Psych Bites with CCS is a weekly podcast hosted by Student Life's Counseling and Consultation Service. This show is dedicated to discussing a wide range of topics pertaining to mental health commonly experienced in the college setting. It is important to note that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. All of the topics on this show, while discussed by professionals, are strictly psychoeducational and meant to inform listeners on available resources, skills, and support. Topics on this show can be sensitive in nature, and should you find yourself needing additional support or resources, please visit ccs.osu.edu or call us at 614-292-5766. With that in mind, enjoy the show. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Psych Bites. My name is Josh, and today we are joined by Dr. Ishan Yang, an independently licensed marriage and family therapist, and also a senior staff therapist here with us at Counseling and Consultation Service. Welcome, Ishan. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you here because today we are going to talk about how to be a better partner. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be a better partner? Absolutely. Whether it be in platonic or romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good partner. I want to be a good boyfriend, husband, spouse, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think this is going to be really exciting to talk about. All right. So I guess maybe somewhere to start off, we've got a couple of different talking points that Mm -hmm. you've listed out. And I think the first one that we will do is the basics of communication. Yeah. What are the basics? So in terms of the basic communication, we are looking at three different levels. First one is the report level, which is the content of what we talk about. For example, between two friends or two individuals, you can be talking about what are we going to eat, right? That's the Mm -hmm. content level. So are we going to this A restaurant, B restaurant, or hey, are we going to get takeout? Are we going to eat at home? You know, all that stuff. That is the content. uh, Sorry, that's the report, which is the content level of a conversation. Communication. Then we have the comment level of communication, which is the relationship between two people. And that can completely turn the content itself completely differently. For example, if I have a very close relationship with who I'm communicating with, I might say very simple things or I have an inside joke, the other person completely get it. But if I don't have certain level of depth in my relationship with the other person, I said exactly the same thing. That person might feel offended or what are you talking about? I don't really understand. So that's the command level, meaning that the relationship between two communicators and the number three is meta communication, which is the pattern of how people communicate. And as a therapist, a lot of time we see families or couples, they communicate, they focus a lot on the content level, right? What I said and what you said. But meta communication take us to the pattern of how people talk. For example, if I tend to be a little bit more aggressive in my communication, I ask for a lot of clarification. I want to know what you mean by X, Y, and Z. And my partner might be someone who, you know, more reserved with their response. They might give me very short answer. There might be a pattern going down in a conversation. If I just dissect a three-minute conversation, you'll probably hear me talk a lot more than my partner do. 
because I am talking, you know, I'm asking that clarification. Tell me what it, what do you mean by that? Or tell me uh, what, you know, what, what are you thinking? So if these areas report, you know, command a meta communication, if they are in sync, Mm -hmm. we're going to feel good about our relationships. Yeah. Usually if people are aware of, you know, those little bits of communication, they tend to be able um, to dissect the relationship or like dissect the communication a little bit more effectively and pick up where did we go wrong, right? It's the, mm-hmm. the pattern that we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where usually in couple therapy or family therapy, we work on the meta communication level in terms of what how we talk to each other. So how does one become more effective in communicating then? So what do I need to do to make sure that I am not either misinterpreting mm-hmm. what my partner is saying to me or taking things wildly out of context mm-hmm. and either using an aggressive stance that might put them off mm-hmm. or taking a more passive stance, which shuts down communication. Mm-hmm. How do we become more effective? Yeah. I think one of the things that I always tell my student or clients is that ask questions, right? Cause at the beginning, there is no relationship when you meeting another person. We tend to make a lot of assumption Mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what the other person meant because we don't clarify it, right? That's where that relationship starting to get a little bit, you know, if you think about the comment part, it's that part gets a little bit tricky, right? If we already build on a very rocky comment, mm-hmm. that means that two communicators doesn't really have a very solid relationship. Then I can interpret it what you said in a very different way than what you really meant. But if I just simply come out and ask you, so... Tell me a little bit more, what do you mean by, you know, you don't like this? Okay. Which part do you not like about this? Mm-hmm. Then I might get a completely different feedback. So when I get that feedback, I can correct my assumption. And we can kind of repair that comment part and also be more aware of how we communicate on an individual level. Like, for example, I am aware that I tend to ask a lot of questions. I'm more aggressive in nature mm-hmm. um, compared to my partner. And that's how, you know, if I have that level of awareness, I might be more um, reserved or tend to pause a little bit and remind myself, okay, you need to let hear the other person out. I see. So this is a good way to maybe stop the mind reading Mm -hmm. aspect of relationships, right? To ask the question, right? To get out of my own head, to get out of my own way, Mm -hmm. instead of just assuming that, oh, you must have meant this based Mm -hmm. on your tone or how you said something. And then I react to that assumption, which I presume then would create conflict or discord within the Mm -hmm. relationship. What else then would I need to be aware of when trying to become a more effective communicator? I think, you know, like I said, uh, asking question is the first one. And second one is, I think one of the things that people tend to make a mistake is they have an agenda in mind when they are in communication with the other person, whether that being a friend or a partner. They, their assumption usually, and a lot of time I hear from students, well, not to be like exclusive, but I think male student tend to, or male individual tend to fall into this mindset more than female is the problem solving. So that being said, the one of the partner has an agenda. I want to solve your problem. When you are sharing something with me, I want that means you want my input or you want my um solution, right? So mm-hmm. let's brainstorm a solution together, which unfortunately a lot of time missed the mark. 
And that's why I tell people a lot of time I would like you to postpone your agenda and really hear the other person out. I see. So I absolutely can, you know, claim being guilty of this in my own relationship. Oftentimes, if my wife and I communicate with each other, you know, oftentimes she may want to just kind of process something going on. And I'm like, well, let's think about the solution. How can I help you? What do I need to do here? How do I fix this? And that has definitely been something that we have worked on in our own communication strategies Mm -hmm. of me being more of just a listener, which is funny coming from me, a therapist (laughs) and wanting to be a a fixer in my relationship versus just a listener or a collaborator Mm -hmm. in that context. Yeah. Is there anything else when it comes to being an effective communicator that we might want to touch on or pay attention to? I think another aspect of that is to be more direct because mm-hmm. a lot of people try to beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. They wanted to drop out, drop that subtle hint. Oh, you get it, right? Mm. No, no. Usually the other part is not picking up what you said because right. again, going back to that, my reading uh, bits of it. Even though two people can be together for a very long time, I usually use this example. You know, you if you have sibling, you grew up in the same household by mm-hmm. the raised by the same parent, um, in a very similar environment. Did your sibling automatically a hundred percent guess or predict your move or mm-hmm. understand what you're trying to say? Mm-hmm. Most of the people's response to that question is no. I don't think my sibling get 100% of what I said. So how can you expect a stranger that was raised and grew up in a completely different household, different culture, different community, just because you get together, this person automatically know what you are thinking. That's some part of that myth of, so, you know, I'm dropping the hint. You should pick up the hint. And that's right. a lot of time where things go wrong. Gotcha. So a lot of assumption within my mm-hmm. own agenda coming into that conversation of like, yeah. well, so the old adage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I do not know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Please walk that back and explain it. Yeah. And be a little bit more transparent. Usually how this is what I want. This is what I need. This is I want to hear from you. Yeah. So I want to shift a little bit. Yeah. You know, we, we focus a lot here on effective communication. I'm curious. Let's talk about ineffective communication. So what is problematic? What is ineffective? Yeah, in a in effective communication, which we experience probably more than not, um, there are obviously different school of thoughts about what is ineffective communication. But I would like to use one that is more probably known, maybe in the therapist world, um, is Dr. John Gottman's research on the four horsemen. So they talk about this fourth style of communication, basically from his research that can pretty much predict the demise of the relationship. Okay. So and with a 90% accuracy. So 90% accuracy that a relationship is doomed to fail if these four horsemen are showing up. Or show up very frequently. I see. I think I, that's one thing I clarify with a lot of people is we make the mistake. Even as a therapist, I can catch myself making one of those mistakes when I talk to someone. And more so than not that, you know, it's unaware. But if I am more aware of what I'm saying and I make maybe make a repair or make any kind of apology following after that, then most of the time you will probably be okay. But going back to the four horsemen, the first one is something that we all do is a criticism. Mm. We're all guilty of that sure. because we say certain things to people that we are very familiar with, you know, 
in a in an attempt to get them to change, right? But like Dr. Garman has shared in one of his, his talk, he said, well, nobody ever get excited by criticism or by, you know, someone pointing out my shortcoming and said, well, you know what, that's fantastic. I would really love to change that. How about we have a lunch over this and you can give me a list of what I think that I do wrong. <laughs> that never happened to anybody. Yeah. Okay. So again, you know, the criticism, a lot of time is the attempt to get the behavior that, or the action that we wanted, but usually it backfired because that led to the second horseman, which is defensive, mm-hmm. right? When I feel attacked, I will defend myself. Mm-hmm. If my partner said, you never take out the trash or you never pick up after yourself, maybe I really didn't, but I will probably more likely be like, what do you mean by never? Yesterday I did. Mm. Or the day before I did. You are the person who say, you know, you let, left um, dirty clothes on the, on the floor or dirty socks, you know, in the living room or something like that. You trigger a defense mechanism. These two kind of go hand in hand. So people get caught in those cycles a lot. When one person um, starting out, like making the complaint in the form of criticism, why are you so lazy? The other person mm-hmm. is like, what do you mean I'm lazy? Mm-hmm. I'm busy, not mm-hmm. lazy. Mm-hmm. So you trigger that defensiveness and none of that go any further, right? And the, ne- the third one, which is uh, we-, we consider more severe form of criticism, which is called contempt. What that is, is basically one person assume a higher ground in terms of moral ethical standard, meaning that I'm better than you. An example of contempt will be, why are you like this? I don't know anybody who is as lazy as you. Mm. And you never do anything around the house. Mm. Oh, why did you not want to, you know, do certain things because, you know, X, Y, and Z. So there is a lot of those uh, higher, like, I'm better than you. Or, you know, I don't do this. Why would you do that? And when this first three was pretty rampant running in your conversation, you trigger the number four, the very last ho- horseman, which is something that they see when they see a lot of that happen in relationship, they can pretty much tell you this is probably the end of it, which is stonewalling. And stonewalling is, you know, think about the natural or fire or fly response. Mm-hmm. And this is basically shutting down, right? You can, Think about like the classic uh, TV's drama or theme that you see, like the very standard uh, heterosexual couple where the wife is nagging and the husband just like tune into ESPN or whatever mm-hmm. is on TV, completely tune the wife out. Mm-hmm. Or someone just walk away from a conversation, right? Because I had enough. I and you know, I'm not be able to, I'm not able to take all this criticism or contempt of yours. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving the conversation. So when people have this kind of pattern going in their relationship, they generally pretty much it's done. You know, they might hang on to the relationship itself. And this I hear a lot in the clinical samples. They don't, they don't communicate anymore because one person has input, the other person shut down. One person has input, the other person shut down. Eventually that person that continued to have input got co-feeded. They start to pull away too. I see. So you got into this withdrawal and withdrawal situation. Nobody talked. And on the surface level, it's like, we don't fight. We have no fighting. But in reality, you don't talk. I see. 
So we're in the same room, but we're miles apart. Yeah. So I hear I cannot tell you how many times I have hear married couple or couple that been t- long together, living together, and said we're pretty much like roommates. Not what you want, right? If you're in a not romantic- in a romantic relationship, right? So transitioning from that, you have something written down here called the magical ratio of five to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. All so right. please. So you know we talk about as a four horsemen. So think about those things as. The negative impact on your relationship. Mm-hmm. So Dr. John Gottman also studied couples that early, early in the 90s that he has tried to find out like what couple, what type of couple that survive and what couple don't. So what they, what he observed in all his clinical, uh, sorry, case sample is that the ones that has a certain ratio in their communication tend to survive better than the ones that end up in divorce in five to seven years down the road. So the five to one ratio is thinking about, um, I like to talk about it as like a bank deposit. So every one negative interaction, you have a withdrawal from your bank, right? Mm -hmm. If I say something hurtful to my partner, that's a withdrawal. Mm -hmm. It have to be balanced out with the five positive things to make it even. So from his recording, he looked at couples that has just day-to-day conversation in, in the lab. So the ones that really were successful down the road, or he, what he called the masters, were the ones that tend to have more positive in their conversation, even though they might be having just a very regular conversation, day-to-day stuff. They have more positive than negative. And the ratio is standing about five to one. So five positive to one negative. And the ones that he called disasters are the ones that ratio is one to 0.8. So one negative to 0.8 positive. Mm. So the ratio definitely has a lot of indicator, but I like to use this in an applicable way is to say, because we don't know how much withdrawal that we are going to have, right? So your bank account, you don't know when you will need that money. Right. So the idea has always been, Let's put a little bit more deposit in Mm -hmm. because we don't know when we're going to withdraw large sum amount of money, when that conflict's going to happen. And which is something I observe uh, in a lot of people is day to day, they don't do this deposit work, but they do big withdrawal from time to time. Mm. And they sit there and wonder, why is this not working out of a sudden? We were fine before. Yes, because you have a large sum amount at the beginning, right? You keep withdrawing without putting money in. And now you're looking at the negative bank account, you get like penalty and all that stuff. I see. I really like that. So I've never heard it presented that way. And I mean, this really tracks with me. This is making a lot of sense. And I like that. It's a good analogy. And I I think I'm going to use it moving forward when I work with individuals uh, and maybe even apply it to my own relationships. Is there anything that you would like to close on? Anything that you feel would be a pertinent takeaway or something that maybe we haven't touched on enough or you'd like to kind of introduce here before we wrap it up? So, you know, since it's talking about being a better partner, I think one of the big piece I have always talked about with couples is that respectful to another person, right? When you are Mm -hmm. in communication or when you are in relationship or friendship with someone, start it out with that respect. And what the respect really translates into is I admire you as a person, right? If I don't have, I don't know you or I don't know your intent, I'll ask questions because I respect you as a person. Mm. 
I don't already automatically jump into that assumption that no, you mean ill or you have, you know, ill intention or bad, you know, intention on hurting me, right? I don't mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. I'm more likely to be like, hey, what do you mean by that? Tell me a little bit more. Tell me a story about why this is so important to you. I think that communicate admiration and respect to a person as you would to a stranger. If you can do that to a stranger, why can't you do that to a friend or a partner just because you know each other longer? Mm-hmm. So I think that fundamental cord of respect and admiration for the other person, I know that's usually when people get together, they have that, right? And it slowly wear out. And that's where, you know, again, going back to that five to one ratio, the more deposit you put in, you're continuing maintaining that respect and admiration for the other person. And you continue to improve your relationship. Relationship is work. Just right. don't, because you get together doesn't mean that you don't have to work anymore. Right. I say that to a lot of people and people will shock. So I'll probably leave that out there. Relationship is work. Relationship is work. Words to live by. Dr. Ishan Yang, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciated the time. And to all of our listeners, thank you for taking the time to join us and listen in. Until next time, keep your eyes peeled for our next episode. Take care of yourselves. And once again, my name is Josh, and this has been Psych Bites with CCS. (laughs) 